Hi everyone, welcome to Microgreens for growers and consumers. I'm your host, Lisa Welsh from Vitality Farms Company. So hi, hope you guys are all doing good. Um, it hasn't been exactly a week since my last podcast, I gotta be honest. And the reality of why that is true is because, I don't know about y'all, but I can't sit in my house with my husband and my teenager and three dogs and not go a little crazy sometimes. Sometimes I need to go a little crazy. So I took a little, I wouldn't say I took a sabbatical. Instead, I just delved into some work projects and didn't come up for air. Um, Just the other day, I moved, however, to a new office, gave myself a little lock on the door, and pretty much told them if they come in, they could die. (laughs) Just kidding. You have to know me to know that I like to joke about pretty much anything that's supposed to be serious. So I apologize for not being here for you, but today, man, what I've been delving into and what I have for you today are some really cool things. So today I want to talk to you about finishing salts. Do you know what a finishing salt is? Well, no you say, huh? No, you really don't say anything because I'm in here by myself. But if you were here, I'm imagining that you said, I do not know what a finishing salt is. Finishing salts are just different types of salt. They're basically, um, the basically the easiest way to put it would be that they are unrefined natural salts. And they basically enhance the flavor of your dishes. You can sprinkle it and add a whole lot of depth and texture. So one of the things they always say, which I think is kind of uh, kitschy and cute, is a good finishing salt goes on your food rather than in your food. Sorry, apparently there is someone at my front door. We had a porch pirate once, so now I have cameras all over the place. And I tell you, I don't know if if, uh, having this thing go off every time somebody comes to my door or the wind blows too hard is a comfort or an annoyance. But anyhow, back to our finishing salts. I shut my phone off, by the way. Hopefully, you're not distracted as well. So basically, um, when they refine salt, they take a lot of stuff out of it, right? I mean, they move, they take minerals and all that good stuff. So finishing salts are, I would guess I would consider them a more pure, a more natural salt. And you have most of the salts that people think of are like, oh, the pink salt. Well, there's a lot more to it. There's um, there's a Malden salt, which is a flaky sea salt. It comes from England. And um, they have really, it's really large, coarse flakes. Um, and there's that cell grease. It's an unrefined gray flaky sea salt. Um, the gray color actually comes um, from salt ponds in France where it's harvested. The coolest salt, I think, though, is the fleur de sel. Its name means flaky. No, it means flower of salt. Um, and it's a renowned finishing salt. It comes both fine and coarse. But this salt is hand harvested from the surface of salt marshes, salt marshes off the coast of Brittany, France, using traditional wooden rakes. I mean, I don't know about you, but can you imagine the fact that that's where our salt comes from? Like now, I have this image in my head of this like 
I guess I'm imagining almost like an island of salt. You know, this huge pile and they got these rakes in there. They're getting all the salts here. And it, it seems cool. And they do it. So I like that one, my favorite. And then of course there's your Himalayan pink salt. Not my favorite because it's pretty much your easiest one to find. So those are the types of salts that you can utilize. But a finishing salt basically is just you finishing it. What you do by that is you throw some ingredients in with it. You think of a flavor. You decide you, decide you want something to go with um, uh, some heat or whatever. And you make it. Here's the cool thing. We're farmers, right? Like if you're listening, either you're a farmer or you like my vegetables. Either way, I'm good with that. Um, but we are a farm. So in order to cook or grow or, or I mean sell products like that you have to have a commercial kitchen license and well quite frankly I ain't paying all that money to deal with the health department and everybody else on top of the fact that my primary product is is vegetables so luckily for us here in the great state of Florida we have the cottage law and the cottage law means that me little me over here can in fact make a finishing salt because it is covered under cottage law and as long as I package it in the appropriate uh, requirements of the state of Florida I can sell it at the farmers market and I can sell it to people who would like it so what I did was we started anytime we would have leftover micros that we couldn't eat and didn't give away as a sample we would dehydrate them but then what do you do with all those so we have ideals for like there's some products coming down the pipeline, guys. That's all I can say. There's some really cool things, some things some other farmers have done. Um, I'm actually collaborating with another farmer who has made a huge name for himself and has a few new products coming down the pipeline, I think, in the next few months. So I'm just working to try to come up with different things, basically because I don't I don't eat a lot of vegetables that often. Um that I can do anything with all those dehydrated ones because here's the truth. Here it is. Shh. Don't tell everybody. I don't cook. When I mean I don't cook, I mean um, I look at my phone. I figure what people might want to eat and I order it. I can cook. Don't get that confused. I can cook. I'm actually a good cook. My mom is a, I'd call her a world famous chef. She's probably not world famous, but she's definitely known in the United States. Um, she's catered for the presidents. She's catered for movie stars. You name it, she's done it. So because of that, if you've ever had somebody who can cook like that, you don't cook. You don't cook because you cannot outcook them. So there's no point in my feeble attempt to cook. So because I don't cook, what am I going to do with all these dehydrated microgreens? I mean, really, even putting a salad together some days can seem like too much work. I am just kidding, y'all. Um, you guys are probably thinking this lady doesn't cook, her poor kid, her husband, no, they're all well taken care of. Um, but it's just not something that I was, I was very confident in, um, because my mom was excellent at it, if that makes sense to you. Basically, if you're competing with somebody who can, uh, compose a freaking, uh, what's that word? A, like a, a symphony, you're not going to feel so good banging your hands on some drums, talking about some, I got rhythm. It's a little difference between the two. 
So I didn't cook a lot or I don't cook a lot, but I know what great food tastes like. I know what things should go together. I have been refined by her palate to understand um, exceptional food. So we have all these dehydrated micros and I'm chit-chatting with my mother one day. And I say, Mom, you know, we got to do something with this. What do, what do you think? And she's like, oh, seasonings and salts. She didn't even think about it for 30 seconds. And I was like, oh, I think I saw that we can do that. But if I turn my super nutritious tiny, tiny vegetables into seasonings, I'm going to have tiny, tiny seasonings because my vegetables are super small. And then I realized my vegetables may be super small, but my vegetables are super rich in nutrition. So while they may be tiny, they are mighty in spirit. So what we did was we started to come up with different ideals and concepts, and we just tried it, just on a whim, uh, made a few salts, a few different kinds, not many. I think we maybe had 10 jars, maybe, and that was from several months of farmer's markets because we don't usually grow to excess. We have a pretty good handle on what our customers like and what they're going to buy, and then whatever we don't sell at the market, we usually give away to different chefs. Um to gain their business. But when COVID happened, that had to change. So like in the meantime, we were doing these salt things and we know it, it's something. People are buying them. I think um, that they are a great value for the money we charge. But typically, I don't know if that would be something I would pay for a seasoning unless I knew and I understood the nutritional complexities of it, if that makes sense. Because it's it's a value-added product. So what they're getting when they buy these salts from you, or if you have already bought these salts, is you're getting basically the same amount of nutrients as in, like, some of our seasonings have half a tray. So that's four of the 5x5s I normally sell, or half of a 10x20 tray filled with vegetables. And then dehydrated, of course, making it smaller, but combined with other flavors to make it unique and something that's enjoyable for you. So what I did was we came up with a few. I put them in uh, my uh, deliveries one day for my subscription customers. By the end of the day, I had sold out of all of them. So I had to look at things a little differently. What was my packaging what was my packaging cost? What was my actual cost? Because here I am just doing this just to do it, basically. Um, I already had a dehydrator that would handle the complexities of a cold, raw process dehydration, which just makes, basically means it's at a lot longer of a time, much lower temperature, because it doesn't cook out or kill the nutrients. But if I'm running a dehydrator, there's a cost associated with that, the same as there is with my lights. So, you know, it was really like, well, am I doing the right thing? I'm not sure. So, again, we just kept playing with it. At the time, it was of no loss to me. I already had the dehydrator. I was covered under cottage law. I didn't need to pay for an additional um, license. And so I could just kind of experiment. And so that's what I was doing until about the time COVID happened. COVID happened. I had several orders out for some chefs. My room was full. 
of crops. And even though I had a ton of people come out and buy a large portion of that crop, there were still several uh, 10, 20 trays left. So what am I going to do with all that? So we just continue to invest in this spices and seasonings and finishing salts. So why I'm telling you is today, or by the time you hear this, I will have launched um, a PDF version called Making Microgreen Finishing Salts. And it will tell you everything you need to do, what you need to buy. Um, and then it will even go into, well, I know that this podcast can be heard in all 50 states and all over the country or the world. Um, this, what I tried to put together for you was additional information that would tell you if you're in the United States and if you're in the state of Wyoming, what the laws are that pertain to you. Could you do this through cottage law or could you not? I realize that some people won't be able to utilize a concept of, of doing something like this. And I wish I could have done all the research to figure out what all 50 states do. However... I'm too tired for that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's just not enough time to do everything. But I noticed that most of the microgreen growers that put out information, it pertains to them and their farm, which is absolutely as it should. But they don't do that extra step of trying to get some of the resources that are just available online to uh, other growers to say, hey, this is my laws, but here's a place where you can find several laws. So I did. I... um added some appendix, and I put in some extra things for for the people who want to purchase this. And basically, there's the farm business plan and, and other things, and it talks about what the finishing salts are, why we choose what we choose, what we chose, how we defined our profit, and then there's recipes. Sounds good, right? Not just any recipes. My goal is to release this with uh, two versions available. One, and maybe maybe it may not end up this way, so if it's not this way when you see my landing page, if you go there, then I apologize. But that meant something had to change. So my plan was to provide this finishing salts PDF as well as a ton of uh, social media pictures, posts. I even, I even did it, you guys. I think I did it. I made like a movie, I'm going to call it of um, how the salts are made. And I did that so that anyone can use it, put it on their website, and put their logo on it. I didn't put mine on it. Um, but I had to do this thing. It was called B-Roll. B-Roll. What a name for something. But apparently, if you go to Adobe and you want to watch like a little video, like a clip of somebody pouring salt on some food, they want you to pay for that. And like it ain't cheap. So... With a little um, humor and a little luck, I think I was able to replicate at least uh, salt being poured. So I put together something. Again, you don't have to use it if you don't want to or if you're not interested. That, I mean, it's on you. But in addition, we also have... Um, my mom has crafted some very special recipes that I'm not going to put out there for you guys. So what I mean by that is there'll be an option to upgrade to a VIP package or whatnot, and in that VIP package, there's only going to be so many um, when that number sells, um, and those customers will actually get the recipe card mailed to them. Um, it will not be done electronically, and there will be no duplication. So if somebody gets a recipe card for 
uh, let me just throw some out here. Uh, uh, a barbecue seasoning that has a bunch of micros in it. No one else at all connected with my with my business or with anything will have that recipe. So that's only theirs. Um, I just thought it was something fun because, you know, so often we do these things and it's like, am I copying them? You know, copy, paste. That's not a business. A business is trying something new on your own. And I think sometimes people aren't sure that about what kind of investment they want to make into their business. So I want to make it totally affordable because I really want everybody to do it. Currently, we can't keep up with production. So we do not grow microgreens to make salt. Mm -mm. No, we do not. We grow microgreens to change the way the world eats vegetables. That's our mission. I want to stay a small, local, family farm. Means that I work and I know how many trays I produce. I know how much work that takes for me. I know what my spare time is. And that is a bubble that allows me to pay my mortgage comfortably and do life on life's terms in my world. That's where I want to be. I don't need to build an empire. I don't need to be uber rich. I mean, I suppose it wouldn't be bad. But it's just not... It's not the foundational goal of my business. My goal is to change the way the world eats vegetables. So one person at a time, you know, sending out grow kits and teaching people, put this in your windowsill, grow some vegetables. That's worth it to me. So I want to put this out there so that the rest of you guys, all my other friends and farmers, you guys can do the same thing too. And you might be able to do it and you can find all the information online for yourself. Absolutely. It just takes a long time. So I am going to charge for this. Um, and basically I'm charging my time for the research I did over several months. But I had to. But ultimately I had to hire someone to do this. Because I'm busy. Y'all, I'm trying to grow vegetables and change the way the world works. Man, there's a lot of things to be doing. So to put together some salt recipes and to put together my directions of how I do what I do. And then back it up right to substantiate why I do what I do well why do you do this instead of this well maybe I didn't research that or maybe I did but found that this this and this discredited it so I try to put most of those types of questions together for you and I'm opening up a Facebook page that's just for um, finishing salts uh, members so Vitality Farms finishing salts web whatever group you can join if you've uh, purchased our our package here. And then um, I hope we can continue to add recipes and different things. I'll continue to put more social media out there for you guys. But I'm busy. So I literally went and contacted another business that hires on women who maybe don't want a full-time job or can't handle a full-time job. But they have great skills. I mean, we're women. We have a lot of skills. Nothing against you, gentlemen. You guys are awesome, too. The world would be a crappy place without you. But us women, man, we're pretty, you know, pretty tough. I went to the grocery store today, and the guy said, Oh, ma'am, let me carry out your groceries. I said, Uh-uh. Buddy, I was a single mom for 13 years. I could carry all those groceries, a child screaming, up some stairs, and unlock the door without a hesitation. And he just laughed. He said, yeah, you single moms are something. So 
it's awesome to be just doing things and and growing. So we put it together. I paid someone to do all that. Um, and then basically the money I make will pay them back or pay myself back, really. Um, and then we're going to put out more more material, more things. It's going to keep growing. There are a ton of different types of finishing salts. There are four different types of finishing salts, um, as you know, as far as the salt compound itself. So download our PDF if you want. Um, check it out. See what you think. Or if you don't want to make your own salts because that sounds like a lot of work, it's really not. But if you don't want to, come on down to the farmer's market. We'll sell it to you. Check your local uh, state and whatever as far as the legalities and everything go. But I hope that all the other farmers enjoy making money off of making salts. And once your customer understands that basically half a tray of microgreens is in that, or that one teaspoon is equal to one cup of leafy greens, right? So if they put it in their smoothie, it's a one for one. So that's a lot of vegetables, you know? So if you think about it and they're like, oh, I don't, or they won't even take the plant. I've had customers who won't take the plant because, or the microgreen because they're like, I'll kill it. I'm like, but you can't really kill it. Um, just put it in a windowsill. And she's like, no, I can't. So she said, but I really want the nutrients. So what do we do? This is how it first started originally, like way back a long time ago. Um, she said, but I, but I need the nutrients. So we found out what the cold, what the quote unquote cold raw process was and I have known that for probably 10 years now um and it's just a low temperature for an extended period of time so we did that for her um one of my friends and then she got sick um she got sick and actually had cancer and she passed away which is very heartbreaking for all of us Uh, she was very young she should have I don't even know what she could have done differently because honestly, they don't even check for cancer when we're that young. Um, so it's really sad. But what we did for her was we always got her the most nutritious food we could. Um, and at that time, I was living up in uh, the Midwest. Uh, she was a California person. So let's just say she was very more mindful of what she put in her body than most people. I mean, most Midwesterners, eh, not trying to pick, just saying, yeah, I come from the land of beer and cheese, um, and I like my beer and I like my cheese. So what we did was we, we did it that process to get her nutrients. And so when I had a customer walk up to me at the market and uh, she told me that she had cancer, I, of course, actually gave her some of my dehydrated microgreens, even though they weren't for sale. I hadn't even known if I could do that, if I could sell them. Or anything. I had just happened to had some dehydrated that I was going to consume later. But when she told me that she had cancer and that literally she couldn't consume anything. And um, it was just such a such a task for her. We decided that we would definitely continue down this path. Figure out what, what it would take. And maybe it would be a someday thing. Uh, COVID turned someday into right now. So we moved forward. We got everything together. We have um, certain people who um, we actually make special blends for just because of what they need from the microgreens. Um, And we're going to put some of those recipes in there. Um, Some of the recipes, again, are not going to be shared. Um, 
And some of my recipes probably won't be shared, at least not now. Um, but I hope that you guys will want to check it out because I'm super excited. I didn't even know how to do all this. I had to like create a PDF ebook. I thought those were really weird, but it makes sense to me. So hopefully there's good stuff in there. Hopefully you like it. If you guys don't like it or there's some kind of problem, shoot me an email. I'm all about criticism, but make it constructive. Cause like, if you just want to say like, you suck, I totally don't want to hear that. And, um, that will serve no purpose. But if you want to say, I watched you on your Facebook live and you look nervous as heck, I can be like, yes, I do not know why looking at that camera makes me stutter and not figure anything out. I don't know why. But thank you for your criticism. You know, like, thank you for your, you know, or some suggestions. Pretend that everyone is naked in the room. I don't know, something. But I put this together. I put a lot of effort into it. It's kind of been, I guess I thought it would be maybe our company's, like, uh, an additional saving grace after COVID. Kind of figured if we were able to help other farmers, and even though we're you know, charge them a little bit for the information, for our research, our time, the people we had to hire to do other research, uh, to put it together. Um, we felt like if we did all that and we were able to recover our money, um, that would be a good thing. And even though I'll let you in another little secret, my husband secretly wanted to get all the other microgreen farmers to sell us at a really cheap price their micros that they didn't sell at the market. So they wouldn't have to compost them. But I thought instantly, I didn't matter how much the profit is. It's about three times more profitable than than we make on growing the greens themselves. So we have an additional, I don't know, is that be 300% markup after? I don't know how that works. But we charge enough um, to cover the extra electricity and all that good stuff. But I thought as soon as he said that, we ain't even going to be able to go to the farmer's market anymore. We're just going to be selling seasonings because the demand is so high that once they understand the nutritional complexities are in there, they want it. And the kids, man, we got some blends, especially a, what is it, sunflower pea shoot blend. When they let their kids eat it, you just have a little taste. And their kids' eyes light up. And you talk about the nutritional content inside. Sold. Sold. That's all I can say. I'm amazed every time I give a sample at how well it's received. I thought some people would complain. But I really haven't had that. So, again, this is just kind of like a... I'm telling you about my PDF book. I'll put the link available in the comments. Um, but I'm recording this before I have everything done because I have the house to myself for a few moments. So, thank you guys for listening. I'm going to be more consistent. Um, it's just more or less dealing with the other people whom I love so dearly in my house who um, present me with unique challenges to time management. Oh, and we just got a third dog. Yeah, we got three dogs. They're all been rescued. They're all driving me crazy. And so, with that I say, from our farm to yours, may you have a great day and I look forward to talking to you next week. And if you need to see me for some crazy reason, I am trying to do Facebook videos. The Instagram, mm -mm, I'm not there yet. But the Facebook, I'm giving it a try. Have a great day, you guys. Bye.